Welcome, and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. It's Easter Sunday, the day we recognize when Jesus rose from the dead. It's an amazing event, and if you've ever questioned it or had any doubts, this is the message to listen to. Here's First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun. I know that for many people, especially adults, or maybe even teenagers, the Easter story is super hard to believe. And you might even think it's nonsense. And God comes to earth in the form of a man named Jesus of Nazareth to tell us how to live for God and for people. And in his last three years, this Jesus can supernaturally heal people and make bread and fish come out of nowhere. And he can walk on water and he can calm storms and he casts out demons. He's a great defender of the poor and the oppressed and those whom society would clearly say they are immoral. But the religious and the political people feel threatened by him, so they arrest him and then torture him and then crucify him. And for six long hours, he slowly dies. But then three days later, he rises from the dead and though completely bandaged and sealed in a tomb, he is found to not be there and is seen alive. And then women, whose names are documented, Mary Magdalene and jo- Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and several other women, then told the apostles of Jesus that they had seen him and that his tomb that was sealed and protected by Roman soldiers is open. And if you can believe it, the disciples, when they heard this story, their initial response was that they said, nonsense. That's the quote in the Bible, nonsense. That's what the Bible says in the Gospel of Luke in the 24th chapter. It says this about the 11 apostles' response to these women. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. Not the first time that men don't listen to women. Now, can you believe it? The apostles thought it was nonsense. These These 11 men are not just any men. These are the 11 disciples. These 11 disciples lived closely with Jesus for three years, and they heard him preach a sermon on the mount. They saw him perform miracles. They witnessed firsthand his courage, his wisdom, his kindness to children, his boldness against religious hypocrites. And they heard him tell beautiful parables about how much God loves us, And they heard him tell them that he would die and then come back to life. But they didn't get it. And now when they heard firsthand testimony from these women, they saw that they saw Jesus after he died, they said nonsense. But then later, Jesus appeared to them. And then they realized it was not nonsense. Well, most... The Bible said that still, some of them still doubted after seeing him alive. My hunch is that today, many of you in this room or online who are watching, um, you might be here or watching because Easter is a nice tradition. Um, Or maybe your loved one said, you got to come with me or watch with me online. But deep down inside, you might think, you know what, this is all nonsense. And I want to say to you today, that's okay, at least for now. 
Now, I understand the life of Jesus seems so inconceivable in so many ways. I mean, his birth on Christmas was miraculous. His life is miraculous. And maybe when you've seen how churches have behaved in the last centuries or, or recently, you might wonder if the story of Jesus is really nonsense. And today, you might have incredible doubts about Jesus being God or being raised from the dead. And maybe you once believed, but not anymore. And doubts have moved in where your faith once was. And I'm here to say, if you have doubts about Jesus and the Easter story, that's okay. And maybe you feel like the lyrics of the old um, Joni Mitchell uh, song, Both Sides Now, made famous by the Oscar Best Picture award-winning film Coda, uh, sung by Amelia Jones, whose character sings, how I've looked at life from both sides now, from win and lose, and still somehow, it's life's illusions, I recall. I really don't know life or love at all. You know, CODA is an acronym for Children of Deaf uh, Adults. And, um, and maybe at times we might be deaf or hard of hearing about the gospel. Or as we say here locally, hey, you get deaf ear, you don't like listen. And so we got to work through that. Life can be confusing, um, but we are on a journey. And right now, to be honest, we may have doubts about this Jesus thing. And you might be thinking, it's not okay to have doubts because Jesus is going to get really angry at us. No, actually, he won't. I know that because in the Bible, I see him so loving to those who doubt. There was a father whose son was so sick that he would also often throw himself into the fire or water or wanted to take his own life. And he had been that way even as a very little boy. And the father says to Jesus, please help if you can. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father cries out, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And even though this man had unbelief in his heart, Jesus healed his son. And many of you, something has plagued you or your loved ones for many years. And you might feel that there is no God, for there has been no progress. And maybe it's an addiction or a mental or emotional struggle or a relationship that um, seems so damaged or a long sorrow over a, a lost loved one who has died, and you just can't believe a God could ever help. Or maybe you once believed in God, but someone hurt you, or life did, and you might be saying, help my unbelief. Or maybe you might be saying, this God thing is nonsense, and I tried to follow him for so long, but it just didn't work for me. I get it. And sometimes people get so mad at God even after having a season of faith. I think of Moses. He was leading a million people out of Egypt to the promised land. And these people often just whined and whined. And there was a time they came to an area that they had no water. And of course, they whined about that. But God provided anyway. 
He told Moses to just speak to a rock and water would come out. But Moses was so fed up with all the whining of the people that he got a staff and he hit the rock twice instead of just speaking to it. And Moses made it worse by saying, must we bring you water from the rock? As if to say it is God and he who does the miracles and not just God. And in God's eyes, that was such a severe disobedience. So he told Moses that Moses will not make it or go to the promised land. And if you think about it, that's really bad that he hit the rock twice. I mean, Will Smith only hit the rock once. (laughs) I told you, Tim, that was a bad joke. It wouldn't work. But I did it anyway, because I didn't have any doubts in your humor. It's going to be on Twitter, I tell you. And maybe you had your own season of anger with God, and you wanted to hit a rock once or twice. But let me tell you why it's okay to doubt, or even doubt the Easter story. There once was a man who was Jesus' cousin. His name was John. And Peter called him John, uh, or people called him John the Baptizer. We today call him John the Baptist. Interesting moniker. It's because John, in fact, baptized a lot of people. And it was he, very early on, who proclaimed that Jesus was really the Messiah. And now Jesus, um, and now John must decrease so that Jesus would increase. And in fact, John so much believed in Jesus that Jesus asked John to baptize him. And John went all around the countryside proclaiming that Jesus was God and the Messiah that people had heard about and waited for for more than 400 years. But one day, John decided to criticize King Herod for marrying his sister-in-law. And King Herod didn't like that, so he locked John up in the Fortress of Machairus. Great name for a movie, The Fortress of Machairus. Maybe there'd be zombies there, too. It was a hilltop fortress in what we call today Jordan. Imagine John being in a first century prison cell, two years, no toilet, smelly, horrible food, probably no fresh water. He was used to, remember, roaming the countryside and now he's stuck in this claustrophobic cell with no electricity or running water or plumbing. It must have been so hard for John to be in that cell because he, one of the greatest Preachers and teachers and followers and proclaimers of Jesus now had doubts. He was no longer sure if what he dedicated his life to was true. Maybe Jesus wasn't God. Maybe it was all nonsense. So when two of John's friends came to visit him in prison, and they were not just friends, but they were his disciples who he taught them about Jesus, John, in a moment of vulnerability and honesty, asked them to inquire of Jesus, are you really the Messiah that we've been hoping for and expecting, or should we look for another? Oh my goodness, doubts. Was it all nonsense? So the two disciples found Jesus, maybe weeks later, and Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. 
that the blind see and the lame walk and those with leprosy are cured and the deaf hear and the dead are raised to life and good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about John to the crowds. And he said, hey, what kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was John a, a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes lives in palaces, not like John. Were you looking for a prophet? Oh, but he's more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way before you. And then comes a big line. I tell you the truth, says Jesus, of all who ever lived, no one is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Isn't that amazing? I mean, did you, first of all, notice that Jesus didn't get mad at John? He doesn't get angry at doubters. He shows compassion, and then he defends John. Second, Jesus says, tell him what you have seen and heard. Tell him about some of the miracles you have seen. And then third, instead of criticizing John of being the jerk of a cousin who would dare, dare doubt him after all he had done, Jesus gives him the highest compliment of all. I tell you the truth, no one who has ever, ever walked this earth lived. None is greater than John the Baptist. What? This doubter? This man of little face, this guy this is the greatest of all who ever lived. But what happens if I doubt? That's John. What about me? Jesus, who always sees the potential in people, and not just their sin or downside, says to all of us, if you follow me, know that even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. Whoa. But you might say, back up a bit to point number two. When Jesus says to John's friend, go and tell John what you've seen and heard that the blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cleansed, the deaf are, are, can hear, the dead are raised to life, good news is being preached to the poor, you might say, well, maybe back then, but I haven't seen that at all, and I don't have any friends who can tell me about those kinds of things. Well, my response is, you better pick better friends. No, just kidding. <laughs> Seriously, maybe there have not been people in life who have told you that side of Jesus, who have authentically seen that firsthand. And I know, man, I've seen a lot of charlatans on YouTube or TV, and I doubt their so-called healing miracles. But I would be lying to you if I said I've not seen healing miracles. I know at least four people in our church who were in comas and people prayed for them and they woke up. Just a month ago, a month ago, I saw a woman who came to one of our meetings in Fellowship Hall in crutches and doing a prayer, her ankle popped and she then didn't need the crutches and she was healed. 
I have seen people healed of diseases, maybe not leprosy, but of other medical issues. I've seen the deaf healed instantly. One woman who had been deaf for 12 years, and today I checked in with her again, some 20 years later she can still hear. And you might be like the father right now who said, help my unbelief. And to be sure, people have prayed for others to live who've had a disease and they have died. And why are some healed and some are not? To be honest, I don't know. But I do know that God is a God of love and he is in control. And I don't know why some are healed and others are not. But I also know that the story is never over. And if a loved one dies, that's not the end of the story. That person could land in the loving arms of God where there's no more suffering. And for the one still grieving here on earth, the story's not over. God will come alongside to us, and if we're open to it, um, we can receive his strengthening and encouragement and comfort. And even when there is a healing, this never forever, um, if healings were forever, nobody would die. My dad died from a cardiac arrest. My mom prayed for him. I prayed for him when the ambulance took him away, but he died. My mom suffered for four years with lung cancer and died. But before she died, I did see a miraculous thing happen. For a season, she was healed. Let me explain. My mom had lung cancer. They discovered it in, in the year um, 2000, I think. It spread to her bones and back. And when the cancer went to her bones, the doctors told us there's no chance that the cancer would leave once can cancer goes in the bones. Um, back then, there was no known therapy to take cancer out. And so in 2002, I think about 18 months later, after some chemotherapy to slow down the growth, we were going to look at her bone scan again. And her first bone scan looked like this. Uh, dye is put into the body and the black ink goes anywhere there is cancer. You see that it's in the head, the back, the ribs, the chest, the pelvic area, all over. And many of you prayed for her. She was supposed to pass away within months, but she didn't. A year and a half later, we took the bone scan again, and this is what it looked like. I couldn't believe it. Hardly any dark spots. Cancer gone from her bones. There are some dark spots, but they were there where the ink went into her arm or going out in her urine, in um, her bladder. And when the radiation oncologist called me to go to his office to look at her slides, uh, my heart dropped because I was expecting bad news. But he showed me the slide and said, and I quote, since I wrote this down in my journal, I have never seen this before for a person with lung cancer. Normally when I see a patient with what her first slide looked like, I never see the patient again, meaning she would die soon. And they expected her to die within months. Another radiation oncologist was called in because they were so stunned by this. 
And he said he has never in his entire career seen lung cancer leave the bones. Um, both were not Christians, but one of them said, it's a miracle. Sometimes people say, you know, Dan, you talk about miracles, but there's no medical proof. Well, today you've seen a documented miracle. Now, did my mother eventually die? Yes. Four years later, after being diagnosed, is healing forever? No. No one would die, right? If every ailment um, we have is healed forever. But was I happy that I had four extra years with her? You bet. Healing is just a sign that God exists. Seeing that second bone scan on September 26, that was it. I firmly believed in prayer and Jesus and healing. No holding me back now. Now, people often say, I have never seen medical proof of a miraculous healing, and you've seen one today. But Jesus said, go and tell what you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is preached to the poor. And I have seen God restore marriages, lift a burden of depression, help people find um, purpose in life. I have seen the lame walk and the deaf hear, and even people come out of dead-like comas. So is the story of Jesus nonsense? Is it reasonable to doubt it? Yes. Is it possible it's true? More than possible, yes. And may we not have impaired hearing on this. For it is true. If it is true, then this Jesus is truly worth following. Because he's calling you right now in this room and those online to say, I want to be your friend, which is his favorite word in the Bible, friend. Yes, he wants to be our Lord, for he can really help us if we follow him, and that he can be our savior, because he saves us from ourselves, our sin, our self selfishness, our self-centeredness, and he can lead us to a life of love, pure love, pure aloha of the most refreshing kind. And he's saying, don't miss out on this wonderful love. This church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum of saints. And right now, I'm going to lead us in two prayers. The first is a prayer to lead us in a prayer to follow Jesus, even though we might have doubts. I know when I first took a major step in being a follower of Jesus, I prayed this prayer. If you are who you say you are, then come into my life and I'll follow you. So not the best prayer of a faith, right? If you are who you say you are, then come on in. Some doubt, but then it opened this door to a whole new world, like it went from monochrome to technicolor with a full palette of colors painting a new portrait of fulfillment and joy. And people thought I had changed. I did. I found true love. I didn't miss out on love. And maybe it was like singing a different verse of both sides now, where one says, and I think in the third verse, tears and fears and feeling proud. 
to say I love you right out loud. In dreams and schemes and circus crowds, I looked at life that way. But now old friends, they're acting strange and they shake their heads and they say, I've changed. Well, something's lost, something's gained in living every day. And I would add living every day with Christ because that makes a big difference. And then after that prayer, second, I'm gonna say a prayer, a very short prayer for healing. For you all. And for some of you, you might get healed today as it has happened in the past. And maybe for some of you, it will be, I believe, but help my unbelief. So um, join me in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you, and if we're honest and humble, we're not perfect. And if we're honest and humble, Sometimes we do have impaired hearing of not really understanding who you are. But today there may be some here who are saying, okay, I do have some doubts, but I really want to take a step forward in faith towards you. And I just want to say three things, sorry and thank you and please. And if this is your prayer, here in the room or online, just say this in the silence of your heart. So Lord, sorry that I didn't completely figure it out till today. Sorry for my sins, my selfishness and self-centeredness and, or pride that has taken me away from you, thinking I can control my own destiny. But it's too big of a world to do that. So thank you for always accepting us doubters. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for always offering your personal friendship and unconditional love. And now please, please come into my life. I really want to follow you. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I ask that your Holy Spirit come into me and make my life changed from monochrome to technicolor. And then, Lord, there are some people here who have an emotional or a physical issue that they might want some healing. And so, Lord, as I lead us in that prayer, those who have a physical issue, if they could just put a hand on or near that part of the body, and those who have an emotional issue, put a hand on their heart as I pray. Lord, you know the whole situation here and you know more than anybody else what is happening in their lives, both here in person and online. And I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to flow through them right now. Like a gentle stream through the top of their heads, through the bottom of their feet, your gentle breath upon them rinsing them and cleansing them of impurities. And for those who have a physical issue, I say in the name of Jesus, bodies be healed. Whether they be elbows or knees or ankles or a heart issue or a hearing issue, a vision issue, a migraine, 
a rash, a neck issue, a lower back pain. In the name of Jesus, heal them. And if there's be a disease, turn that around, Lord. And for those who have an emotional issue, Lord, I pray for hurting hearts. I pray that if there's a battle of depression, that they, that might be lifted, that there might be a transparency with all to seek help or friends or maybe a counselor. Lord, for those who have had a issue of forgiveness, receiving or giving, give them the power to do that. May they know you're with them and sins are forgiven. If there's anybody watching who's even thinking about doing harm to themselves, may they not do that and seek you and seek help. And whatever depression, whether through grieving or not feeling hope, I pray in the name of Jesus that you might flow into their lives and give them that hope. May their spirits feel a little lifted as they leave here. Come Holy Spirit, flow into their hearts and souls. In Christ's name, amen. Now, some of you made a major decision in saying, I want to follow Jesus and have him in my life as much as possible. So I want to say something to you, that if you want to be baptized today, we would love to baptize you. Now, Jesus told us that you, when you follow him and make a major commitment, be baptized. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, I think Dan means I could sign up for baptism later. No, I mean get baptized right now in the service. And if you came with friends, if they're truly your friends, they will wait a few minutes for this. In, in the Bible, baptism often happened immediately right after a fresh encounter with the good news of Jesus. And some of you may be thinking, oh, no way am I getting baptized. I don't want to be a member of this church. Well, the truth says, who says we want you to be a member of this church? <laughs> Just kidding. Seriously, if you have a church, stay at your church. And if you don't have a church, baptism says, find a church. It doesn't have to be first press, but Jesus does call us into community. And now some of you may be thinking, hey, um, I'm a kind of a private kind of person, and I have faith. Um, yeah, I made a new commitment in my heart, but I'm not going to embarrass myself by getting baptized in public. But you know what? Think about this. Baptism is a public way of making your ultimate commitment. It's really important we do things publicly at times, um, especially when there are promises, covenants given, like a wedding, for instance, is normally public. And, and there's a time when a, a line is drawn in the sand and we, we cross it to take a stand as Jesus is willing to take a stand with you and die for you. When Jesus walked on earth, he said, baptize my followers. He knew we needed that clear commitment. It's like a spiritual ring on the finger. And when you make a public commitment to follow Christ, something happens in your heart, your soul. The, the person of the Holy Spirit supernaturally comes into your heart to reside in you forever. And Jesus calls him, he's the counselor. We need counsel and wisdom. He's the comforter. Boy, do we need comfort. 
So how does this work to get baptized today? If you want to be baptized, we're going to have seven or eight stations in front of the stage. Pastors of our church assisted by elders and deacons. And we have bowls of water, which we will take a little bit into our hands and gently pour it on your head. Part of the water is a drop from the Jordan River in Israel, the same river where Jesus got baptized. And if he got baptized to show his faith in God, why not you? Baptism is a sacrament and a symbol of how we are cleansed and we can start a new life and write a new chapter with a new commitment in our hearts to Christ. Baptism doesn't ensure salvation, um, but it does indicate that you made a promise of faith in Christ for you and your family. It's your commitment to Christ that's salvation. In the Bible, sometimes entire households were baptized at one time as an act of faith. So if you want your children to be baptized, bring them too. And when you come up through the center aisle, we'll give you a card to write down your names and to indicate if this is a first time baptism or a renewal of baptismal vows. You see, if you've been baptized in a Christian church um, before, maybe even as a baby, we believe the first one took. But if you want to come forward as a new act of faith, this can be a renewal of baptismal vows, just as we have renewal of wedding vows, um, even though the first time was real. So what a great holy day to do it, Easter Sunday. And for centuries, people got baptized on Easter Sunday. And it might be one of the most important decisions you ever made. It'll be that stake in the ground. And after we baptize you, we're gonna give you a small wooden cross to wear around your neck to commemorate today. And if you or your loved ones got baptized, then drop by the welcome table and we have a gift for you. And you can contact us later if you want a baptismal uh, certificate. If you are a child who wants to be baptized, make sure your parents or guardians are okay with this. As oftentimes the Holy, speaks, Holy Spirit speaks to a child and says, Mom, Dad, can I do this? Make sure they say okay. And if for some reason it's difficult to come up front, maybe you're in a wheelchair or have an ambulatory issue, signal an usher and we'll go to wherever you are and um, baptize you where you are. Baptism is a big decision and so we want to give you some time to consider it first and not rush into it. And those of you, if you are online who might be thinking, I want to get baptized or my children, then just write us at kathy at fpchawaii.org and we'll set up a time. We will um, love to do a group of people baptized. So let's take a short moment of silence right now as part of this worship service, collect our thoughts, and for some to confirm in their hearts that they or their families will get baptized or renew their commitments of vows for baptism. And uh, as we take this time of silence, may the pastors and elders and deacons get in position during this time. Oh, and I should also say, um, if you uh, come up uh, wearing a mask, we'll, we'll put on a mask too so that um, we just want to honor where you are and that we don't want that to be a prohibition whether masked or not, okay? Let's take a moment of, of uh, silence and just collect your thoughts or talk to your family members and talk to God. Okay, I'm gonna ask those, this will be your first part of showing your courage and commitment to the Lord. I'm gonna ask those of you who desire to be baptized or baptize your child or renew your baptismal vows 
to please stand, because I have some questions to ask, very simple questions. If you desire that, you can just stand right now. And uh, these questions, for those who want to be baptized, renewal baptism, and you can answer these questions as loudly or softly as you desire, while the rest remain quiet. And you may answer, I do or I will, depending on the question. Oh, and as a cheat sheet, the answer for the first question is Jesus Christ, okay? <laughs> so to those on this Easter weekend who want to get baptized or renew your baptismal vows from long ago, I ask you these questions. Who is your Lord and Savior? Do you trust and follow him and accept his forgiveness of your sins? Do you promise to be a follower of him, obey his word, and show his love to all? Do you? Do you promise, wherever you may be, to be part of a church, a fellowship of believers, and strengthen that faith community? Do you? And I'm going to ask the entire congregation to stand, because you have a question for you all. If there is a child who wants to be baptized today and follow Jesus, I ask this question. Will you do everything in your power to help this child be a follower of Jesus? If so, say, we will. We will. And now I ask at least one of the child's parents or guardians, will you do all in your power to raise this child up as a disciple of Christ, that he or she will obey his word and show his love to all, and will you strengthen the child's ties with the church? If so, say, I will. Great. Now you all may be seated. And now uh, receive this uh, blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his faith face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. amen. God bless you all. Happy Easter. We'll see you uh, next week, maybe. For you online, God bless. Ahuiho. We love you. Aloha. Even the best of us has doubts at some point in our faith journey. Jesus can overcome your unbelief. He is risen. He is risen indeed. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also listen to First Prez sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. First Prez invites you to church. There are two ways to worship, in person and online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus or online at fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. Remember, when you visit the First Prez website, please sign up for emails so you can get links to sermons, daily devotionals, church news and updates, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Prez can do for you, just reach out through the website or call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you. Happy Easter. Stay safe and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.